How many of you have seen the movie Up? Anybody seen that movie Up? Yeah, it's a great movie. It's kind of sad. It's a great movie, though. But I, but I, love, I love the part where, you, where the dog is talking and he's, he's giving some sort of big rant. And all of a sudden he goes, squirrel. Remember that? Just kind of get distracted. I like that because I think I can relate a lot to that dog. You know, I think I can. For those of you that don't know, I, I sometimes struggle with my attention. Sometimes I just get a little squirrel mentality when I'm, when I'm just wherever, not just here with you guys, but as my wife will probably attest, I'm like, I'm a squirrel mentality a lot, aren't I? Right? And, uh, but I just, anybody else, it's just hard for you sometimes to stay focused. Anybody else besides a preacher, thank you. It's hard. Now, I like to think that I'm just advanced and I'm able to think about so many things at one time. I'm able to multitask and multi-think and cover a multi... I just like to think that, right? Uh, but, but have you ever had those moments where you just wish, man, I just wish that I could, I just need to stay focused. In fact, I think I've heard those words from my wife. Hey, listen, I need you to focus. Look at me in the face. I need you to really concentrate on what I'm saying. And I'm like, and I'm trying so hard to stay focused. Today, that's the topic of our time together through this movement called Belief. How we need to stay focused. I think we have too many of those ADD, ADHD, whatever you want to call it, you know, moments in, in life and, and in our pursuit of the things that Christ has called us to. And, and I think today, if God could get our attention, I think he would say, okay, now listen, I need you to focus. I've, I, I've got something for you and I need you just to stay focused. Today, we want to talk about what does it mean to be single-minded? And I have a really just, I want to throw the definition out there for you at the very beginning on what it means because I struggled with it, as you can imagine. <laughs> to be single-minded means to be focused solely on God's will and purpose and to trust him to take care of our needs. In Jesus' longest recording teaching, a sermon that is commonly referred to in the books of Matthew chapter 5-7, through seven, it's not normally known as the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is instructing his listeners to stay focused, to stay single-minded. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And God will give you everything you need. Many of you have heard that verse before, right? Many of you probably have sang that song in, in a setting like this, maybe as, as a child or, or what have you. Now, now, to really understand what Jesus is getting at here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33... We've got, to, we've got to put it in reverse, and we need to back up a little bit and, and read some more of, of what's happening. By the way, I love seeing your postings and things and just hearing stories of you guys being in the Word of God this week. And remember, one of the things we said that when we study the Word of God, we need to read it in context. Remember that? We need to know what's going on in the story. We like to pull Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 out because it's a sexy verse and it's a great verse and it makes a great song. But you need to know the full picture. You need to know what's happening 
in five and early part of six. And even you need to know the context. So let's back up a little bit so that we really understand what Matthew 6, 33 is all about. Jesus has just finished up teaching about giving to the needy. He's just finished up a little section on prayer. And he's, he's just finished up, I mean, Jesus talked about, he, he just finished up teaching about the proper place of money in our lives. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, let's begin reading in verse 24 through 34. You're getting a lot of Bible today. I hope that's not offensive to anybody. It does a body good. Amen. Look what he says. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to what? Worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your what? Worries add a single moment to your life? And why what? Worry about your clothing. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They, they don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't, what? Worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't, what? Worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We read lots of words there, but there's one word that stood out quite often. In fact, I had you say it and we underline it, and it was the word worry. The word translated into English here as as worry is used six six times in this section that I just read for you. And that word in the Greek, it means to divide the mind. When we worry, we are dividing our mind. When we worry, you might say, we are losing focus. Now, does that term single-mindedness make a little bit more sense to you now? You see, worry divides our mind. It shifts our focus. It breeds anxiety. I think worry breeds focus fear and its influence causes so many of us not to be able to think straight. In fact, sometimes some people can't even function because their mind is so divided. So many things going on and they're so divided. Do you remember when you were a kid I was, with, I was with, with, with someone last night, and, 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 and someone younger made the comment, like, oh, that is so 1960s. Does that hurt anybody? 
It doesn't hurt me. I'm not a child of the 60s. I don't know what y'all are like. 70. Pastor Howard is a child of the 60s, though. He, he had a birthday this week, and he's a little bit older. We're going to need him a parking spot closer to the building so he can shuffle in on Sundays. But, but do you remember when you were a kid? I love you, bro. Do you remember when you were a kid? When, when you yeah, focus, single-minded. I need like a, a taser or something. You just get me focused. When you were four years old, do you remember when you were four? I mean, did you sit around worrying about how the car was going to, to get fixed or who was going to pay for that? No. What about when you, when you were six? Did, did you get anxious about whether you had enough clothes for school? I knew that I had enough clothes for school. They were called tough skins. And they were multicolored different days of the week. I had brown ones. I had red ones. I had green ones. I had some blue ones. Tough skin, Sears and Roebuck. Somebody give me a shout out right now. You didn't worry about those things when you were six. I mean, when you were eight, were you concerned about how you were going to pay the mortgage? No. Why? Why weren't you worried about that? Because when you were that age and when you were younger, you had a father and a mother who were taking care of all of that for you. Guess what? You have one now too. You have a father that desires to take care of all of those things that if we're not careful can cause us to worry. That can cause fear and anxiety to swell up within us. You see, Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter six, don't focus on how big your bills are or how small your paycheck is, amen? Don't focus on the breakdown or, or the breakup of the relationship. Don't focus on the, on the seriousness of the sickness or don't focus on the threat of the crisis. I think what Jesus was trying to get the listeners to listen to this day in Matthew chapter 6 was to focus on God. He already has it under control. He's got this. He's got this. Now, of course, that's a lot easier said than than lived out, isn't it? (laughs) It's really easy for a pastor to put that on on a screen and say, come on, church. It's really easy, but man, it is easier said than done, right? And so here's the question that we have today. How can we focus on Jesus when there are so many squirrels or distractions around us? How can we stay focused on Jesus? How do I keep my focus on Jesus when those bills are mounting up? How how do I keep my focus on Jesus when, when, when that diagnosis that I just received from the doctor, it's just, it's grim. Jason, how how do I focus on Jesus when, when, or on God, when, when everything just seems to be crumbling and falling apart all around me? What about when my kids are out of control? What about when my teenager's making horrible choices? How how do I stay focused on on, on God when when, when, when my spouse wants a divorce? Or when my plans are getting all messed up? How can I be single-minded when worry about these things, it just divides me? It just divides me. Well, the Bible has an answer for that. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, I want to read to you a story that maybe you've heard before. 
But I think it might be helpful for us today to consider some things from it. Immediately after this, at the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into a boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent people home. I like that because Jesus got tired of people sometimes, I think. I like that. Sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you need to rest. Sometimes you need to replenish yourself. Are you with me today? And after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for there was a strong wind that had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, what, church? It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and he grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. You know, in this story, the storm didn't surprise Jesus. Remember that that, that he was the one that insisted that the disciples go out into the water without him. And then it says that he went alone to pray. Presumably, he might have gone alone to pray for them. Because I think that he knew what they were going to be up against. I think that he knew that they were going to be afraid, but he sent them into it anyway. But he doesn't leave them there alone for very long, does he? You see, when he shows up, the, 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 the wind has, has crept up and the waves are, 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 are banging up against the boat and the disciples are extremely terrified. They're, they're, they're really even freaked out, especially when they look and they see a ghost coming at them. But then they realize that it's Jesus. Peter's like, what's up, Jesus? I, I know that these guys are, are so freaked out, but I got this. I'm okay. I'm not scared. In fact, Jesus, if, if you want me to, to, to come on out to you and, and, join, and play with you there in the water and just kind of join you there in the, in the midst of this, just, just tell me, oh, Peter, wasn't he a great man of courage? But what happens to Peter when he loses focus? What happens to Peter in this story that we just read when he begins to squirrel? And look at the wind and the waves, what happens. Now again, it's important to remember, Jesus is not surprised. Jesus didn't panic. He wasn't like, holy moly, Peter, what 
Why would you just, what are you thinking? What are you, that didn't catch Jesus off guard that day. He knew that the wind and the waves would rise. And he knew as he invited Peter out that, that he knew that Peter was going to, to begin to look at the squirrels around him. He knew that. But he called him anyway. Let me ask you a question this morning. What do you look to when you're sinking? Do, do you look to Jesus or do you look to the waves? What, what do you look to when those bills are mounting up? What, what, what do you look to when, when the relationship is broken? Hey, what do you look to? Be honest. What do you look to when the outlook is dim? Or when everything around you seems to be going to hell and you don't even have the hand basket? What do you look to? Remember what Jesus said in his word, Matthew 6, 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 31. Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows your needs seek the kingdom of god above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need church listen the god that invites you out into the storm is the same god who will keep you safe in the storm don't worry he knows don't worry So how can I then focus on God in the midst of those times? How can I focus on God and his priorities no matter what is happening? Now, we've seen from Peter how how not to do it, right? So I want to share with you real quickly today before I kind of let you go. I want to share with you two ways that that I think we can, can fix our thoughts, how we can stay focused, how we can stay single-minded. Number one, set your sights on what is known rather than unknown. Set your sights on what is known rather than unknown. Colossians chapter 3, beginning of verse 1, says this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Anybody been raised to new life with Jesus Christ? Come on. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for Jesus and the new life? I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Praise Jesus. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Listen. We spend so much time worrying about the unknown. We, 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 we spend so much of our focus and our, we look so much about things that could possibly maybe 
happen instead of what we already know has happened. Listen, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that car repair. Hey, listen, I don't know what other people are thinking about me and what they're going to decide. I don't know when or how I'm going to die. I don't know. And the list could go on and on. But here's what I do know. God is bigger and powerful than any situation I face. My God is bigger and more powerful than any trial or temptation or circumstance that will come at me. I do know that. Here's what I do know. I do know that my God loves me and he is concerned about my life. Oh, and I do know that he is always with me. That's the reality. That's what I do know. I'm going to focus on that. I'm not going to focus on all these things that I can't control and I don't know. I'm going to focus on those things that I do know. You know what else I know? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible, you know it too. Let's live in that. Let's focus on those things that we do know. Corey Ten Boone, one of the world's greatest missionaries, Corey Ten Boone said this Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Set your sights on what is known. Rather, the unknown. Number two, fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me, everything you saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Listen, worry isn't what's true. Anxiety isn't what's true. Fear isn't what's true. Panic isn't what's true. What is true? That little song. Jesus loves me. This I know. Wow. And as we looked in Matthew chapter 6, he says, if you seek him first, he will always give you what you need. If you seek him first, Before fear, if you seek him before money, if you seek him before food or sex or alcohol or any, if you seek him first, he will always give you what you need. It may not be what you want, but he will give you what you need. You know what? Sometimes when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, you still get hurt. Fixing your eyes on Jesus doesn't mean that that you're going to be exempt from trouble or difficulty or struggle. It doesn't mean that my eyes are fixed on Jesus that that I'm never going to face any storms. They will come. 
But it means that when the waves rise and when those winds begin to howl and increase around me, it means that when I feel shaky and and, and maybe even afraid because I don't know what's going to happen, listen, I set my sights, I set my focus on the one who is known. And I fix my thoughts, as Colossians 3 says, I fix my thoughts on what is true. Listen. The God that invites you out into the storm is the same God who is with us in the storm. Do we not say at this time of the year, his name shall be called Emmanuel. That name means what? God is with us. Are you seeing it? He's with you. That difficulty you're facing today, the struggle the fear of the unknown or what you, he is there with you in the midst of it. Fix your thoughts on what is true. I think he's reaching out his hand to you today for those of you that came in here today worrying and fearful or anxious about something. I think he's saying, hey, take my hand and just trust me. Will you trust me? We used to have a, a, a saying that, 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 and I still say it, I have to remind myself time and time again. He is God and I am not. He's got this. And I just need to hold on to Jesus. I need to trust him. I love what C.S. Lewis said, this, this great quote. C.S. Lewis said, put first things first and God will throw in the second things. But put second things first and you'll lose the first and the second things. Hmm. Pastor Mark Batterson, author, writer, I love how he says it. He says, the gospel costs nothing. We cannot buy it or earn it. It can only be received as a free gift, compliments of God's grace. And so it costs nothing, but it demands everything. And that is where most of us get stuck. Spiritual no man's land. We're too Christian to enjoy sin and we're too sinful to enjoy Christ. We've got just enough Jesus to be informed but not enough to be transformed. We want everything that God has to offer without giving up anything. We want to buy in without selling out. Someone here today just needs to trust God. You need to trust in Jesus. Jesus says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Hey, put your mind on one thing. Put your mind on God first. God first. Seek him first in your family. And there might be someone here today that 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 might be a word for you. And in just a few moments, we're going to give you an opportunity to be prayed over. But for some of you right now, you might need to say, you know what? Maybe that's what's going on in our home. We're not seeking God first as a family. For some of you here today, you need to seek God first with your job. I don't know why in the world God has placed me here 
It's so dark and ugly. The people around here are saying, hey, where does God put lights? He puts lights in dark places. Maybe he's planted you there to shine the light of Jesus Christ. I texted the staff this morning and I said, rejoice for the light has come. And he lives in you. And he wants to radiate. He wants to shine through you. Let him out. For some of you, maybe you need to put God first in your finances. You need to place him first in your finances. I just don't have enough at the end of the month. Well, maybe because you're not managing it or doing it God's way. Maybe you need to give to him first and, and, and honor him first. Seek him first. Maybe you need to seek God first in your decisions that you're making. Maybe with your time, seek him first. There's only one thing you need to seek. And it's the name that we sang about in every song this morning. It's Jesus. Seek him first. Strive after him. Listen, you'll have all the food and the drink and the clothes that you need. You'll have what you need. Your worries will dissipate like vapor in the air. You'll find the one thing that you've been missing. I focus on God and I focus on his priorities for my life no matter what God thank you for reminding us today about what the main thing is that's you God I pray that we would be a house that seeks you first in all things in Jesus name we pray